I have the privilege, the honor of sharing the word this morning. I hope that that will uh, usher us into the presence of God to be able to worship him in spirit and in truth. Um, so, Heavenly Father, we, my words are, they stumble, they're, they're, they're insignificant, they, they aren't, um, my words can't do your word justice. And I just want to ask that your Holy Spirit would come upon all of us as I speak and as we listen, that this would be a, a speaking of your word and, and, and a listening to your word, that we might be transformed by what you want to do in us this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen. So uh, the, the, the text that I want to preach about this morning is a, a very simple one, very short one. And uh, uh, it's, so, it's so short, uh, not even going to say, take time to turn to it. Uh, it's 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9, where it says, show hospitality to one another. Show hospitality to one another. It's, it's one of these one another's in Scripture. Uh, there's dozens of them, and uh, this, one, this one in particular I, I feel merits highlighting this morning. Uh, <clears throat> before I can dig into the Scripture, I, I, I wanted to lead into it by, by uh, just sharing a, a few personal things. Uh, several of you have asked me to share more about my sabbatical. Uh, you allowed me for three months to take this wonderful uh, break from ministry, uh, and I, I had a, a, a fantastic time. Um, was really restored in my soul, strengthened in my soul, strengthened in body, and came back uh, here full of energy and, and ready to minister. So, um, but uh, it, it relates to this scripture, First Peter, chapter four, verse nine: "Show hospitality to one another." Uh, because God showed me before my uh, sabbatical happened that my sabbatical was going to be all about um, all about this verse. It was going to be all about this verse of showing hospitality to one another. So let, let me let me explain a little more about my sabbatical, and uh, that'll make clear to you how it relates to this verse. Uh, so on my sabbatical, I was preoccupied with with two two big things. Uh, one is I took a number of trips uh, around. I, I took the, the, the time to, you know, uh, travel on several occasions, and I got a little trip in with each of my kids. Uh, I took uh, my younger son, Toby, to the, uh, to the West Coast, to the, to the Oregon Coast, where we went to Cannon Beach and enjoyed the beach. Uh, I took my uh, daughter, uh, Elise, to, uh, up north to the, uh, um, to the Boundary Waters, where we camped. And uh, before the smoke got really bad, we enjoyed some days up there. And then I, I took my oldest son. Uh, we, we, we got into the, we went to the Grand Canyon and we didn't just go to the top of the Grand Canyon. We went down into the Grand Canyon and went white rider rafting for five days and uh, lots of fun. So we, we, and then, and then I took a trip to see my mom. I took a few trips with some friends. Uh, so that's, that's, that was a big bulk of my sabbatical. And thank you again for letting me do that, by the way. I just, there so many levels that that blessed me, and I hope that blessing returns to this church. 
When I wasn't traveling, the other thing I did was I got to dig in the dirt, which was my, almost my favorite thing to do in the entire world. What I did was I re-landscaped my backyard. We had this really old, we had this really uh, old, ugly slab of concrete. Uh, it was all broken up, and, and my wife and I were a little embarrassed to have people over uh, there because it was just it's, it's so ugly. And, uh, but we learned uh, a year ago, last summer, how important outdoor spaces are for showing hospitality. So it's like, well, you know, if, we wanna, if outdoor spaces are so important, let's, let's do this. And I, and, and I thought, oh my goodness, I, I've got, I'm, I'm going to have some time carved out. Uh, so uh, let's, let's, uh, let's do this. So I, I got to put in a new patio. I, it's much more beautiful. Uh, other people tell me it's much more beautiful than it was. So I think it was, it's more beautiful. Uh, and it makes this very inviting space have people over and uh, enjoy company um, on, on nice days. So, so those are the two things I did. I took these trips and I made a new patio. Now, I'm, I'm sure you're thinking that's, that's really spiritual, Andrew. I, uh, <laughs> wow, you did really spiritual things on your sabbatical. Well, actually, uh, these two things that I did were extremely spiritual for me um, because this was part of a, a, a pilgrimage I took. Now, a pilgrimage, that's when you move from one place to another place, and hopefully the, the new place you're going to is closer to God. And uh, for centuries, Christians have gone on pilgrimage, and before that, uh, the Jews would go on pilgrimage uh, from wherever they lived in Israel up to Zion, and the idea was to move closer to God. Now, of course, just moving your body isn't necessarily spiritual, so... Uh, there's nothing magical or, or special about just moving your body around. The, the reason we move our bodies in a pilgrimage is to move our hearts. Uh, our heart, we, we hope, as we take a physical, spiritual, a, a physical pilgrimage, we hope that we take a spiritual pilgrimage of the heart. And so these two things I did, these little trips I took, and, and even just staying right at home and digging in the dirt and re-landscaping my backyard, that was... That was a spiritual pilgrimage of my heart for me because what, what I was trying to do is I was trying to move from where I'd been to a new place God had for me. Well, what was this new place? Let, let me describe where I'd been. You see, um, during the pandemic, slowly, little by little, I was growing used to the social isolation of the pandemic. And the now... There's, there was a part of me, I didn't actually mind some of the social isolation at first. Uh, you know, I'm an introvert, that's not a bad thing, it just means I get my energy from being by myself versus being with people. Extroverts get their energy from being with people. Uh, and then, and then uh, I, I do have a little touch, it's undiagnosed, self-diagnosed by myself, but uh, it's a little, little touch of what's called agoraphobia. And agoraphobia is just, is, it's sort of the fear of being out in the crowd. Um, I, I, don't, I don't have enough of it that uh, you know, a, a psychologist would diagnose me, but I've got, um, I, I've got enough of it that it, 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 being out in a crowd is, is a little scary for me. I don't know if anyone else can relate to that. Take some, take some courage. So I was kind of like, I, you know, I, I don't actually mind these boundaries here. And I know everybody else is, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, people were bemoaning and wailing. And I was like, well, it's actually not so bad, actually. Um, but in the middle of that, there was, uh, I, I, what I noticed over time was there was kind of this increasing danger of closing up my heart and kind of numbing out uh, to uh, people around me. 
And I kind of use that excuse, well, we can't get, a re get together anyway to kind of avoid the costs that are involved in any relationship. And any relationship has costs, okay? If it's going to be a real relationship and not a, a fake relationship. I mean, you can always have a fake relationship without costs. You know, there's superficial, uh, two-dimensional, um, you know, keep things on the surface. That doesn't have many costs. But if you're going to have an actual relationship, it, it involves a cost. And, and, and sometimes, you know, yeah, there's, there's toxic relationships, and uh, we do need to have good boundaries around those. And so, so, you know, the pandemic was, I guess, good for that, you know, if there were toxic relationships to kind of put up some boundaries around that. But even in that, there was some throwing out of the baby with the bathwater, if you know what I mean. Uh, and so my sabbatical, God told me before I even started it, it was, it was to be a time where I was going to relearn how to have those real relationships with people. And, uh, and, and, and so God told me that I was to make room for relationships. Because relationships, real ones, not the fake ones, but real ones need room to flourish. They need room to flourish. They can't flourish if there's not adequate space. Just like a plant can't flourish without adequate space and conditions, an animal can't flourish. We can't flourish without adequate space. Relationships cannot flourish without adequate uh, space to them. And so, so God brought me back to this, this simple verse, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9, to show hospitality. And, and he, he told me uh, through several means, and, and uh, it was made most clear that, that, that my last day here back in, in, in May, Pastor Steve prayed over me, and he actually prophesied. He didn't know he was prophesying, but he he prophesied, but the, the phrase that came to me then was that, Andrew, you are going to carve out space for other people. You're going to carve out space for other people. And, and the space didn't, didn't only mean physical space. It also means when, when we carve out space, we're also carving out time. We're carving out energy. We're putting effort into things. And, and this, this word carve, I felt, was very important that the Holy Spirit led me to. Because when you carve something, you know, you're, 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 you're rubbing something against something, either stone or wood. You're, you're, something is being sacrificed when you're carving. Something is costing something when you're carving. There's effort. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a cost involved when you carve. So I felt like God gave me this image of, Andrew, you are carving out space for relationships. Because like I said, relationships, they're, they're, it's not fast food, okay? You can't have fast food relationships. Um, it, you can't have Netflix relationships. And I, I, I'm not saying anything bad about Netflix. What I'm saying, I, I've watched a lot of Netflix. I'm, I'm, all right. uh, a little more than I'm used to. But uh, relationships, real relationships are not uh, on demand. Boom, this is what I want in, in, in three seconds. Uh, real relationships involve some cost and, and even at times pain. So this phrase, carve out space, became the, medical, the metaphor for my sabbatical pilgrimage. It also became not just a metaphor for my sabbatical pilgrimage, it became a, a metaphor for my life pilgrimage. I don't know how many of you know this, but if you're a Christian, your whole life is a pilgrimage. I don't know. Anyone knew that? Yeah, I hope that doesn't come as too much of a surprise for you. If you're a Christian, your whole life is a pilgrimage moving from where you are to hopefully to a place that is closer to God. So 
just to get our brain around this, I, I, I want us to briefly go back through some of the chapters that Pastor Steve has already uh, preached on in recent weeks in the book of Acts to, to review how the early church, how they carved out space for one another. Because it, I, I, I don't know if you've noticed this as we've been looking through Acts, the, the, the members of the early church really, a, a big thing they did was carve out space for one another. Uh, so first of all, in Acts chapter 1, verse 3, um, Jesus carved out space to be with his disciples for 40 days between when he rose from the dead and the day that he ascended into heaven. There were 40 days there. Now, he could have gone straight into heaven uh, uh, after rising from the dead, but instead, he took those 40 days and he carved out space to be with his disciples. And we don't have, almost, we have almost no information from the Bible about what happened in those 40 days, but they were critical 40 days, and, and uh, he did something, he said something, some things to them, he was with them in a way that powerfully shaped them for the, the, the rest of the trajectory of, of the history of the church. Um, uh, so, so, so it starts off with Jesus carving out space for his community. And then for 10 days, in Acts chapter 1, verses 12 through 14, it describes how the, uh, those original disciples, there was around 120 of them, those original disciples carved out space to be with one another and to pray. So they were carving out space in prayer for God. Uh, that, that is prayer, by the way. If you've ever wondered what, what's a good definition of prayer, a good definition is just carving out space for God. That's, that's the definition of prayer you can take to the bank with you. Um, but they also carved out space to be with one another. For some reason, Jesus wanted them to be together for those 10 days. He didn't want to, he didn't just send them to, you know, you know, go back to your homes and just pray in your prayer closets and just, uh, you know, he wanted them to be together for some reason. Uh, and so they had to carve out space. Now think, I uh, just think about the carving that that involved, the, the, some of the cost. Most of that group of 120, we don't know exactly how many or who, but most of them were from Galilee, so they weren't home. They weren't near their homes. They weren't near their families. They were there in Jerusalem, okay? And, uh, and so that was a big interruption, and, and we, we find out from the book of John that, that Peter actually, uh, you know, he tried to go back to his old job of fishing, and, and, and Jesus wouldn't let him. So, uh, so those 10 days, you know, who knows? Peter was, I don't know, maybe he was sitting there drumming like, oh, I could be fishing right now, and I'm praying with these guys, these yokels here. I don't know. Um, but uh, so they carved out space for one another in that time. Then, of course, Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. Um, and suddenly, uh, for in, in, in a matter of moments, they go from a small community of about 120 to they've got now over 3,000 people all at once. So 120, that's about an average of who's showing up here physically in person on a Sunday. Uh, and, and of course, we've got lots of people joining us uh, digitally, but, but, uh, so, you know, if you're here in the room with me, you know, look around that, this, this, you know, around, around 120-ish, if suddenly, in a matter of minutes, there were 3,000 more people added to us, and as we find out from verses 5 through 11, a lot of those people weren't from Jerusalem. A lot of those were Jews from all over the known world. That meant, here in Jerusalem, they didn't have family, they didn't have homes, 
uh, or maybe they had some distant relatives, but uh, they, they, they were out of their element, and suddenly this 120, that, that would be us, 120 or so, had to figure out how to clothe, how to feed, how to house 3,000 plus people, and not only that, but it says that uh, daily more people kept getting at it, okay? And, uh, and, and a lot of these uh, people were from far away, and, and some of them didn't even know Hebrew. Uh, even though they were, they were Jews, they didn't know Hebrew. Imagine, and, and, and then in verse, uh, chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, it describes what their life was like together. Pastor Steve has been preaching about that a little bit. Uh, it also describes that in chapter 4, verses 32 through 37. Imagine the sacrifice it took to carve out space for one another one another in that. I, I remember when we helped the Himalayan Christian Fellowship get started back in 2012, 2013, around in there, uh, 2011, yeah, um, and, uh, um, and, and the, I, I remember just emails whizzing back and forth, oh, we, this person needs a ride, this person needs a couch, this person, oh, they don't have groceries, they haven't had groceries, what do we, you know, and there was, there was emails whizzing back and forth, and, and those of you who were involved in that, we were scrambling because there was this sudden explosion of a new church of all these people coming to Christ and that we weren't even in the thousands <laughs> but it was uh we were uh, definitely in the in the dozens but that's what it was like for that original 120 the group of 120 disciples the time treasure and talents that it cost them to carve out space for one another and then i haven't even mentioned yet the leadership costs all right if if uh the, the costs for the leaders, now these apostles, just, just think about this. Uh, the only experience they'd had with groups of people was with crowds. They, they'd had crowds, but they had no experience with communities, all right? Real experience with communities, but certainly not on this scale. Uh, there'd been some crowds they'd been involved in, but when they were in the crowd, you know, Jesus would just uh, multiply loaves and fishes for them, and boom, we fed them. And then Jesus would dismiss them for the night. Go, okay, go, go, go to bed. Uh, now, suddenly, they're all living in each other's homes, spending time with each other daily, uh, praying, listening to teaching all the time. And uh, it sounds amazing. It, when we read it, it's amazing. But uh, for the leaders, there's also headaches <laughs> with that. Um, uh, the sermon and teaching prep they had to do. The, the delegating of power. Pastor Steve's going to preach on this in a little bit. In chapter 6, verse 1 through 7, there was this whole scramble to delegate power differently and better. Um, there was the cost of all their time, their energy, uh, their, their prayer. And then, and then, of course, there were unchosen costs. There was the three arrests recorded in these chapters. There were the beatings recorded in these chapters. There were the false accusations recorded in these chapters. And, and, and again, this was all new for, uh, for, the, for the, the apostles. They, they hadn't done this kind of thing before. Um, but, but, the apostles figured out something very important early on. They figured out that this carving of space for one another, as costly as it was, they figured out that it was worth it. Thank you for saying hallelujah. That's the right, right spot. Thank you, Pearly, for being back. I get my hallelujah person back. Yes, okay. Whew, you guys have been all so quiet the last few weeks without Pearly. Thank you, Pearly. Okay. Somebody's listening. Okay. Um, the, these costs, that, they, that it, 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 it was worth it. 
the, the costs were mounting with the 3,000 people suddenly on the day of Pentecost, and then after that, day to day, more and more people coming. The costs mounted, but so did the fruit. So did God's glory. God's glory also grew as more and more people came to surrender their life to Jesus and join the community. And you know, if we're going to be a healing community, that, that's our theme for the year, the year of healing community. If we're going to be a healing community, that means we're healed and healing ourselves, but that means we're also shining the light of Jesus around us and seeing healing happen through us in the lives of people around us. If, if we're going to be a healing community, we have to learn how to carve out our time, our talent, our treasures, but especially we need to learn how to carve out space for people in our hearts. And I don't know about you, but, but one of the, 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 the drawbacks of the pandemic was, as I said earlier, I, I felt sort of a closing up of my heart at times. I was tempted by that closing up of my heart. And, and, and so I needed to come into this fresh new space, and the sabbatical gave me that space to do this, to reopen my heart and say, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to carve out some space in my heart for people. And, and that, that's how we become a healing community. Uh, I needed to relearn how to do that. I, I, I don't want to assume that about other people here, partly because I, I know many of you have never stopped carving out space for people in your hearts. I, 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 many of you were witnesses to me during the uh, uh, worst of the pandemic when we were the most isolated. Many of you were witnesses to me of, of you, just, you kept doing it, and, and I commend you for that. But I, I wonder if the Lord, even those of us who have kept our hearts open, if, if the Lord would have us ask him, how can I carve out more space for people in my life, in my heart? Um, uh, and, 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 you know, one of the reasons I need to relearn this is just life keeps getting more complex. Um, and, and I don't know about you, but I need simple. I need simple more than I've ever needed it. <laughs> and as life gets more complex and relationships are complex, and they, relationships feel like they're getting more complex. I, I, I don't know about you, but it just feels like it's getting more complex. It feels like our culture's getting more complex, our society's getting more complex, our country's getting more complex. Everything's getting more complex, and I need simple to keep me centered and grounded. And, and for me, the concept of carving out space is a simple thing I can do. When, dur during the, the time of the pandemic, especially when things, you know, sometimes as I was traveling, there was a lot of, like, you know, flights here and travel there and, I, and uh, hotel there. And, I, and, and I, I, I'll be honest, I, I got a little confused, a little mixed up. There, there was one time, my, my trip with my son, Toby, we, uh, we, we got to our uh, hotel room on the Oregon coast and, and the, the person uh, at the desk had quit 10 minutes before and there was nobody there. And, and, and we, had to, we, we, we were sitting there with a few other guests and we were just kind of looking around like, uh, and, and then, and then uh, the, and then the police actually came because like, we, we suspect possible foul play. And like, what? You know, we just want to spend the night here. And then there was, and there were no other places in like a 60-mile radius. We were looking, and there was like a 60-mile radius. There was no other places to, to stay. And uh, anyway, that, that's just a little hint of the complexity you got. You know. Anyway, we we got to spend spend the night there. It was fine, but worked out in the end. But uh, anyway, so things kept getting more complex. And and what I, what I would do, I would tell myself, okay, wait. Andrew, I'm just, I'm just carving out space. That's, I can do this simple thing of carving out space. Uh, you know, 
I, I, because I'll be honest, I, I can't navigate on my own the complexities of relationships, but I can do the simple thing of carving out space for other people. That makes sense. Um, I can't navigate the complexities of doing church together. You guys are getting more complex. I don't know if you do that. You are. <laughs> we, we are getting more complex. Uh, but I can do the simple thing of carving out space to be with other people. Um, I can't navigate the complexities of the political divisions in our culture today, or even the political divisions that are here right in this room with us. I can't navigate those complexities, but I can do the simple thing of carving out space to be with other people, listening to them, uh, talking with them, uh, offering hospitality to them, opening my heart with them, even if, even if possibly we, we disagree. I can do that simple thing of carving out space. I cannot navigate the complexities of uh, racial and ethnic divisions in our culture today that, that are, are right here in our, in our church. Uh, those are getting more complex. But I can do this simple thing of carving out space. Uh, being with other people, affording them the dignity of being a full human being and, and just listening to their heart and, and opening my heart to them. I can't do the, 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 the I can't navigate the complexities of, of, of outreach and evangelism today. Uh, you know, they, they used to, back in the, you know, Billy Graham days, there'd be this kind of this simple, straightforward, this, this is how you do it, and then you hand them a track, and boom, it's done. It, it's getting more and more complex, folks. And, uh, and I can't navigate those complexities, but I can do this simple thing of carving out space to be with people who don't know Jesus yet and, 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 and let them get a little taste of the love of God just through my kindness and my hospitality. I can do that simple thing. So how are we going to motivate ourselves to, to carve out space? Well, I, I, I think the apostles learned how to carve out space, and they learned that it was worth it, and they learned uh, how to do it, and they motivated themselves to do it because of this one simple thing. I think the apostles figured out how much space Jesus had carved out for them. They, the, the, what motivated them to carve out space and to keep carving out space as the numbers kept growing and the headaches kept growing and the and the difficulties and decisions and the complexities kept growing, what motivated them was that they knew how much space Jesus has carved out for us. And in fact, I think you could actually describe the whole gospel story as the story of God carving out space for us. That, that, that is basically what happens in the gospel, is God carves out space. For us, just, just consider with me how much space God, through Jesus, has carved out for us. First of all, God carved out space for us when he created us. I don't know if you knew that, but according to scripture, tr Christian tradition, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, God the Son, was perfectly, 100% satisfied without us. They didn't need us. We added nothing to their joy and their bliss, and yet they chose, the Godhead chose to create these humans. And, and I, I don't know about you, but based on what we've done in the years of our, the centuries and millennium of our existence, I regard I might be kind of regretting that choice. 
<clears throat> but God created us anyway. He, he wanted to include us in his perfect bliss, even though there was nothing we could add to it. Well, God also carved out space for us when he humbled himself to become one of us. What's, what scripture call, or what we call the incarnation. That's where God went from being surrounded by 10,000 by 10,000 angels all praising his name with all authority over all of the furthest reaches of the universe uh, in, in perfect bliss, and he lowered himself and, and, and became one of us. Think of how drastic of a carving out of space that was. And, and this, this doesn't even come close to the, the, the drasticness, the drama of this, but if, if you were to give up all your enjoyment of being a, a full human being and all the power and privilege of that and become a little ant uh, for the sake of little ants that you might otherwise accidentally step on, uh, that just gives you just the tiniest flavor, but, 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 but the, the, the dramatic uh, humbling of God from uh, all-powerful, all-authority over all things to limit himself to become a frail, weak human exposed to all the danger to which we are exposed constantly. He humbled himself. That was him carving out space for us. Well, God especially carved out space for us when he gave himself to us on the cross. You see, this is the, the, the most the most uh, dramatic thing he could have done, not just becoming a human being, but becoming a lowly human being, and not just a lowly human being, he, he allowed himself to be uh, rejected, beat up, spit upon, uh, mocked, um, uh, and, 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 and then eventually killed on the cross, all to make space so that we could be close to him. We, we, we couldn't be close to him before because our sins separated us from him. But when he died on the cross, he atoned for our sin. He died in our place. His blood made up the blood that we should have shed for our sins against God. He took that cost onto himself. And because of that, we can go from being far away from God to being near God. We can actually have a restored relationship, a restored friendship. We can be reconciled to him because of what he did for us on the cross. That is the the, the definition of making of, of carving out space for others. God did that for us. God carved out space when he gave us his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit is, is dwelling among us and in us, us uh, sinful people. He's dwelling in us and among us. That's him carving out space to be with us. <clears throat> and and according to Scripture, right now, God the Son is preparing a place for us. According to John chapter 14, verse 12, he's with the Father preparing a place for us. He's carving, he continues to carve out a space for us. God carves out space for us when he listens to us. You think God, the creator and ruler of the whole universe, who holds everything together, would have a lot better things to do then listen to us on this one little insignificant planet in the outskirts of wherever we are. Uh, but he actually, the scripture, there's this one description that he actually bends down, leans down 
He lowers himself to listen to us. That is God carving out space. And, and when he answers us, our prayer after prayer, he answers with miracle after miracle. That's God carving out space for us. And God carves out space. He will carve out space when he returns. Scripture says he will return to gather to himself all those who believed, who followed, who've obeyed him. And that's him carving out space for us because when he returns, those of us who have believed and followed and obeyed him, we will be uh, part of a new heaven and a new earth where he's going to be with us, present, physically present. We'll get to see him eye to eye, face to face, constantly for all eternity to enjoy eternal bliss forever. We'll, be fully, we'll fully enter into the bliss of the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that they enjoy together. We're going to be drawn into that and enjoy that for eternity that's God actually carving out space inside of himself for us to be with him. And, and if we see this, if we catch this, if we understand this, then like it did for the apostles, this is what frees us up to carve out space for one another. So if uh, Brenda and the worship team, if you guys could come on up, we're going to celebrate the one who has carved out so much space for us at great cost to himself, at infinite cost to himself. He has carved out infinite space for us.